Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for downloading the latest episode of Positively Trek. We could not do this podcast without the support of our Patreon supporters, including Carl Morris, Joyce Marin, and Jim Stoffel. If you'd like to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shoutouts, associate producer credits, and more. Thank you so much for your support. And with that, let's get on with the show. This is how we kick ass in the Delta Quadrant. Captain Shuttlefor is on a collision course with the ship. What? Uh, Uh, damage report? None. That was weird. Here we go. Another episode of Lower Decks has come out. Episode three of season two will always have Tom Paris. Hi, everyone. I'm Bruce Gibson. Welcome to Positively Trek. And... Dan's not with me. You know, usually when we do podcasts, we can say things like, oh, and with me, as he always is. Well, that's not the case. And, you know, it's no fault of Dan's. He's got a job to do and you got to, you know, put food on the table. Right. So I'm going solo. Well, not necessarily because there's no way I could do this alone. So we have with us the wonderful weather person of all, Katie Nicolau. How are you doing, Katie? Hey, I am doing great. I'm so excited to talk about this episode because I, when I tell you I was hyping it up for a week, it's true. I was so, as soon as I saw Tom Paris, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so what'd you think of the other two episodes before we hit this one? I've enjoyed them. Honestly, any kind of Lower Decks content, I'm happy with. They could just put on a screen with them eating food in the galley and I'd just be <laughs> this is nice. And <laughs> so the fact that we're getting stories and we're expanding on the characters that we already know, but we're learning more things about them. It's just, it seems like a natural progression in a pickup point. So I've been loving it. Yeah. And this episode's a little unique because there was three storylines going on. We have the Tendi Mariner st- storyline. We have the Rutherford Shacks storyline, oh, <laughs> which one. I can't wait to talk about that one. <laughs> And then we have the Boimler Tom Paris storyline going on. So, so okay, I did a live show uh, the night before we recorded this, and this question came up, and I'm going to ask this to you. So we're going to jump all over this episode. Spoiler alert. Here we go. Okay. Why was Tom Paris there? Why was Tom Paris on the Cerritos? What was the point? What, what was his reasoning for being there? Well, I don't, didn't they say it was like some sort of morale thing, like boosting it up? Huzzah, kind of, I guess, yeah. thing. But honestly, I think he probably just wants to, like, travel around ships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, yeah, a morale booster, I guess. Yeah, it just seems kind of odd. Like, I can't imagine somebody just like, oh, yeah, we're bringing somebody from another ship to come by just to say hi for a morale booster. But I guess he's a celebrity because he was on The yeah. Void. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> the fact that they pull in like TOS, the old sh- uh, ship and or whatever it was they, they were talking about. But um, oh gosh, those old I'm, scientists, those old scientists. There we go. Uh, I'm almost losing nerd credit there, but it's like they're pulling in these acronyms that we've used for so long. And it's really funny to see them actually integrate it into the fandom. I can't wait till they say TNG at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Because DS9, uh, that's even in universe, they would say DS9, right? That's common. But totally TNG would be interesting. I don't know how they would work that out. Because they wouldn't say the next generation, right? They wouldn't say it meant that. Yeah. Or maybe like, they would. The next generation of Enterprise? Eh, those they? nerdy guys? Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> those nerdy guys. <laughs> there we go. Oh my gosh, Katie, what happens if we get to an episode and they actually do say that? You called I it right I will totally make nerd credit from that. <laughs> I'll be like, <laughs> I, I did, I, I inadvertently somehow coincidentally called it. <laughs> Well, because in the previous episode, they were talking about the crew from the Enterprise D kind of being the nerdy, you know, guys with just the quartets playing every week. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Boimler, Boimler is like the perfect integration of the fans into the show because <laughs> it makes sense. Like. I, I nerd out about other meteorologists. You have like the Ted Fujita as the god of all gods. He's the enterprise of meteorology. So it makes sense that if you're on a Starfleet ship, you'd talk about the enterprise. Do you have any collectible plates of meteorologists? <laughs> oh, don't give me ideas. Uh, no collectible plates, but I do have a collectible hat that I have worn into the ground uh, from storm stories on the Weather Channel. I'm very familiar with that show. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I grew up watching that. That was like what got me into meteorology. I own like the DVD set that was like limited micro release that has all the episodes on it. And I, I go back and watch it all the time. <laughs> but let's go back to this because I thought one of the funniest scenes was towards the end when Boimler falls through the ceiling onto the bridge, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's Tom Paris, Kazon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because uh, when he lands and he, he has the hair all spiked up, I was like, wow, he looks like a Kazo. Okay, I see what they're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wonder if anybody else on the bridge knows what a Kazon is. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, it, you don't deal with them. They, they were way back in the Delta Quadrant. So <laughs> Tom probably is just only one and maybe Brad. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What What character of the Lower Decks do you relate to the most? probably tendy (laughs) mainly because she's nerdy and fun and kind of like hyper act like hyper in the good way that she's so passionate about what she does and um we both like dogs so (laughs) (laughs) actually now that you say it yes i can see you being tendy for sure yes and i like i'm the goody two shoes kind of gal you don't want to break the rules make sure you get everything done in a time efficient manner (laughs) so are you like her trying to make sure everybody else is happy so so much so much yeah because like i think with people with my personality type we know what it's like to not be happy and we never want anyone else to feel that way and so we do the best that we can to make sure that everyone feels happy um as much as we can well you're making us happy right now if that makes you feel better (laughs) 
it does. This between this and college football coming back, I am in a very happy mood. <laughs> <laughs> this is the right season for that. So here we go. Yeah, yes. we'll do a college football podcast later. Oh gosh, don't even get me started. Because <laughs> I think we're both Big Ten, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. So okay. So Tendi is going to go on this mission for Doctor Tiana to get this heirloom, which at this point we don't know at the beginning what that heirloom is yet. (laughs) And so she takes Mariner with her because they've never been on a mission together. And they're just so surprised by this. At the same time, I'm thinking, well, this is the writers going, why don't we ever put the two of these two, you know, put them together. I was like, that was exactly the conversation they had in the writer's room and they just wrote it down. (laughs) But it's cool to see that they're self-aware. They're like, Okay, like in the original series, Data and Jordy, they were always together. And now you have Boimler and Mariner and just like, how about we mix things up a little bit? And it's cool that they are self-aware enough to do that. Well, I also thought they don't have to be on a mission together in order to be friends. I mean, I felt like they've been friends, but maybe it just doesn't sound like the two of them have ever done anything as a friendship type of thing together, like on the ship, like, Oh, they're going to go get ice cream together or they're going to go swimming on the holodeck together. You know, they don't need the mission to hang out and get to know each other, but it doesn't sound like on the ship, they spend any one-on-one time together. I guess it's more in a group setting. That's what I was thinking too. Like, it's kind of like with college dorm life um, where you have a group of friends and you never really do one-on-one things. It's always, you're in the group. So, or unless you have a class together, then you get the one-on-ones, but that's how it felt. Like you live together for so long. It's more of a group thing. Yeah. And I guess when you're in college, you really don't go on missions. No. Well, well, I will tell you I did. Uh, <laughs> we go on storm chasing missions um, where we would go out for the day and chase. And that was the best. Oh. Really? They make you do that in college? Oh, we we had like passes to get out of other classes to go and do that. We were in the Valparaiso University Storm Intercept Team, Lucid. Nothing's better than going up to your other professors and being like, hey, I won't be in class today. I'm chasing tornadoes. Just the look on their faces is just amazing. <laughs> You should be in Starfleet. You sound like a Starfleet officer. Oh, I hardcore would. This like <laughs> I'll tell you what, first contact day when it actually happens, my brother and I have already like decided we're gonna go up to Bozeman, Montana and just sit in a field and just pretend. Well, I was gonna shout girls trip, but that doesn't work for your brother. Yeah, honorary girl. <laughs> okay, girls trip. So Woo! they go to this planet to get this heirloom. And you can get any flavor of drink as a slushy, which is really exciting to me. Oh, I would go for that. Like a butterbeer slushy, a blue raspberry slushy. Honestly, like the things I can get from Sonic right now. That's all I would get on this amazing planet. <laughs> that's what they should have called the planet is Sonic. Yes. Welcome to Sonic. Uh, we have all the slushies. Probably couldn't get the sponsorship in time. <laughs> well, the other thing I thought about is, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but J.J. Abrams tends to put this little Easter egg in a lot of his movies, which is called a slusho drink which is like a slushy really and he did that in star trek 09 when kirk meets uhura at the bar early on in the movie it's one of the it's one of the drinks that's mentioned as they're running down like oh okay this this a slusho it's mentioned there so i wondered if this saying slushy was a call out to slusho I'll bet you it was. This entire thing is just one big Easter egg. It's like a Russian nesting doll of Easter eggs with this show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you would also think that the heirloom is a Russian doll, but it's not. No, surprise. What is it? It's 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 a 
thing. It's a libido post. <laughs> it's so funny. Vacation libido post. Oh my gosh. I never seen that in Star Trek before. I think this is the first time. I don't recall it either. I thought maybe it might have been an animated series, but honestly, I think it's just new that they added in. There's so much stuff at this point. I'm just like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Who knows? <laughs> I would have loved to see that this was in the animated series. <laughs> just, just like in the background of one episode, there's this little thing. Yeah, sure. Just the writers know. The writers know. <laughs> <laughs> they know, yes. Well, they get this onto their shuttlecraft, and of course, Mariner's like, well, they don't know what it is. It's in the box, right? So they, Mariner's like, let's take a peek. Let's see what it is. And so they open it, and she holds it up. That's how they figure it out. And then Teddy's like, I can't believe you're touching it. She's like, oh, yeah, what do we think? Ugh. And then they drop it, which, yeah, I was at the time thinking she's touching it with her bare hands. Ooh, gross. You don't know where that's been. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't pick up things you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if they're like artifacts. No way. I would have like opened the box, looked at it, and been like, haha, close the box. <laughs> okay, so that's what I was going to ask you, Tendi. Would you have opened the box or would you have been like, no, 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 we shouldn't look. It's none of our business. I just, I would have looked because of how shady the doc has been acting. Just like, hmm, scratchy. Like, this isn't cocaine, is it? It's kind of catnip, right? And uh, <laughs> I would just like open the box, take a look. And close the box. <laughs> Yuck! Drop. Boom. Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, they call him. They call it Jeremy, right? Why so, Jeremy? Why? I feel bad for all those people out there named Jeremy right now. Maybe it was like like a weird Klingon spelling, like J apostrophe E R M Y. Maybe <laughs> Could you be, know. Yeah. <laughs> We also learned that Mariner has served on five different starships, which we knew she's served in other starships. I don't know if we knew the number of them. And we also knew that she had served on Deep Space Nine, which she confirms again here, which really makes me wish that there's some character, like a background extra that on a true Deep Space Nine episode that they have determined that is Mariner. Oh, that'd be so cool, wouldn't it? I, if you yeah. want to do a rewatch of Deep Space Nine, uh, we could find Mariner. <laughs> we could go through and look, yeah. <laughs> that could be Mariner. That's it, that person there. And then yeah, you name the episode and you're done, yeah. That would be cool. So let's stick with this storyline here. So then, of course, now they have to figure out what are they going to do because Dr. Tiana is going to be mad that this heirloom has been broken. They can't fix it or whatever. But, hey, Tendi's got this cousin that they can go see that can help them out. And of course, Mariner's like, ooh, look at your cousin. Mm-hmm. Mm, oh, gosh. I'm looking at it like, I don't know how old the Ryans are when they get gray hair, but man, he's too old for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we find out more about Tendi. We find out that Tendi is, wait, hold on. I got it here. That Tendi is the mistress of the winter constellations. Ooh, such a fancy title. It is. I just wonder, like, why she doesn't make Boimler call her that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I wonder if it's more of a, uh, like, an Orion pirate name thing. And she's just like, you know what? I don't like that. Bye. This is just a foregone title. (laughs) Speaking of pirate, I like when Tendi tells Mariner to just act like a a pirate. She's like, okay. She's like, what? What? What's what's on with you? (laughs) (laughs) 
But then we also find out that Tendi's first name is Devana. Now, that's not necessarily new information, mm-hmm. but we always know her as Tendi. Now, when I was doing the live show with Brandy Jackala, she says there's a boo-boo in this episode. Now, check this out. So Mariner says, I never knew your first name was Devana. I didn't know that. And Tendi's like, I can't believe you known me for like a year and you didn't even know my first name. But Brandy pointed out that when Mariner made that movie yes. in the first season, she had Tendi's full name in the credits. Although, although I can sci-fi my way out of this. Uh, oh, good. I want to hear this. <laughs> so what if she just inputted, because she took basically the profiles of all the people from their personal logs. So the computer likely compiled her name and put it in, and she didn't individually input that. She just typed in Tendi to import her information. Okay, that's a good one. So, so then she never watched it, never noticed it then, I guess? Well, they they were like leaving the holodeck, right? So just didn't see the end credits. Who stays for the end credits these days? Except for all Marvel fans. <laughs> see, now I want to go back to that episode and just see. I, like, I've ever... watched that episode more than any other episode of this show. And so she, she doesn't see the credits then, right? She's leaving at that yeah, moment. Yeah, I think that's about right. Okay, that's good. I also was saying on the show that I can see her just forgetting because she really wasn't paying much attention. True, you know? she was on her own mission. Right. Gosh, anyway. Such a fun... My favorite episode of Voyager, well, one of them is Worst Case Scenario. And just having a whole episode like that just is amazing. <laughs> they should do that on uh, Lower Decks. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Just I, to be honest, if we could replicate our lives and like make like a change of scenario a little bit. I would do that. It's just, it's just to have fun. Oh, no, I, I agree. I mean, it would be a great experience, right? Oh, you you hope. <laughs> Unless it gets out of hand <laughs> and Seska shows up. Well, that's true. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. No way. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, the other thing I liked in this episode uh, on this storyline is when Mariner starts to lose her green and they they start going false green false green <laughs> exactly it's like oh you guys went the scientific route and you actually changed it no 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 you do what they did with all the andorians you paint her green and as a rookie move paint lasts for a while <laughs> especially green paint yeah it should last hop over to the replicator why not <laughs> Well, then they go climbing up the lift, trying to escape everybody from trying to attack them. And then the post that they're carrying, you know, is heavy. And so this is a good character moment because, you know, we keep identifying in this episode that these are two friends that really don't really know each other that well. Because like Tendi's talking about, oh, being an Orion and there's this stigma to be an Orion and you know, people think that they're still like thieves and pirates and all that. So we find out that this has been a problem for her because you typically don't maybe have Orions in Starfleet. And I guess when they are, they're perceived not to be, a, you know, like everybody else, that they have this, you know, they're all this one way. They're pirates and they're thieves and stuff. And then, of course, Mariner's learning more about Tendi. And then we see this nice moment where Tendi and is about to fall and she's got the post, but Mariner's like, you know, let it get, wait, who was saving who? And I can't Tendi remember. Tendi was saving that. Mariner. Tendi was saying, so Mariner, yeah, Tendi lets she's like, the here's post the post. Go. She's like, no, yes. no, let it go. You're more important to me than the post Mariner. Exactly. You know, those fun, nice uh, bonding moments. Yes. 
So I, I like the bonding between these two. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think they're setting stuff up for later on, which would be cool. And also, that's how I felt about Tom Paris. I'm like, is Voyager going to make a comeback? Is this, is, this, is this a tease to the end of the season? Like, what's going on? Maybe Tom Paris gets his own show. Captain Proton, I would I would pay to watch that. <laughs> well, I know Robert McNeil, Robert yeah, Duncan Rob- McNeil. Yeah, he wants to do that. So yeah, well, the podcast yeah. that they do uh, is just it's really cool to see him and Garrett Wong getting back together and watching Voyager and like bringing out the cast. It's so cool. Yeah, the Delta Flyers podcast. Yes, yeah. shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't listened yet, but I, it's on my list. Yeah. It's on my list. Just the ever-growing infinite list. <laughs> well, it's because I, I started doing a Voyager rewatch, and then I stopped, you know, like halfway through season one or so, and I want to go back and start all over again, and I want to do it with the podcast. So do it. I just do have it. to make time. It's time. Time is the problem, <laughs> but we'll see. Yes, it is. But yeah, <laughs> Mariner says that, you know, she keeps to herself and she keeps vague on purpose because, you know, when she opens up, people get promoted and take off mm-hmm. like we saw with Boimler. Right. That really affected her. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're feeling that right now at my TV station because we just had um, two of the people who came in with me. They were a couple months hired or hired a couple months after me. They're leaving. And so it's just like, I just got to be friends with you. Now you're leaving. Well, that's that's what happens in your industry. <laughs> it, it is. It's a shame because you find the people that you really enjoy and then it's like, oh, come on. I, I'm happy for you, but come on. You usually have two types in the smaller markets. You have the people that come, they get their experience and they go on to the next market. And then you get the ones that never leave. Exactly. They're, they're forever. They're like, oh, this is home. <laughs> this is where I grew up. I'm not going to leave ever. It's like, okay, you, I feel comfortable getting to be friends with because I'll be the one to leave. But the other ones is just like, who's going to leave first? <laughs> I've seen so many times in smaller markets where the TV newscast is somebody who's fairly old and someone who's like right out of college. You, you cannot <laughs> make together. this up. That's exactly what's happening with our changeover. We have a very seasoned anchor. Not that he's going to listen to the podcast because he's not a Star Trek fan, but still, uh, he's a very seasoned (laughs) anchor. And we have a girl who's my age who just signed on to be an anchor. So it's like, yeah, we're we're, we're playing to the cliche that always happens. So it's more less a cliche, more true. There you go. And real quick, I know we're off topic, but then I I know that the town I grew up in Maryland Mm -hmm. Uh, the guy who was doing the weather in the early 80s is still there doing wow. the weather. Wow. <laughs> I want to see his paycheck because I swear those bonuses for staying so many years, mm, amazing. Oh, I should have done that. Yeah. Well, I've stayed at this podcast for a while, so maybe I'll hey, do it. Hey, there you um, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, Tendi is also busy making everyone happy. That's why she doesn't seem to get close to all people because she's so busy making people happy. And you said you're like that. Is would you say that you feel that way that maybe you don't always get to know people and have that many close friends because you're so, or you don't open up so much because you're always worrying about the other person. Exactly. Yeah. You more so like for me, it's always so important to listen. And I was growing up, I was like, okay, don't interject like, Oh, your situation sounds similar to one that I've had and like turn it on you. So I just tend to listen a lot and be like, Oh, that's an interesting situation. Also, sorry. There's like, lightning striking right next to my apartment right now oh Uh, gosh now we lost katie there's lightning i keep hearing thunder i'm like oh oh oh, should i be at work right now no we're good (laughs) okay i gotta talk about shacks this whole storyline with shacks freaks me out it's so weird and it's brilliant at the same time so 
Rutherford is there and he sees Shax. And it's like, but Shax is dead because Shax sacrificed himself, died while trying to save Rutherford back in season one. And Shax is just there. And everybody else is like, oh, I guess Shax just came back to life. Oh, but don't ask. Just what it just it just happens with bridge crew people. (laughs) It is what it is. And I just thought it's interesting that they play up everybody else to just be like, oh, that just happens. You know, I mean, especially Boimler, I think would be freaking out like Rutherford is like, what is going on? What, you know, but they all just accept it except for Rutherford. And so I really kept expecting like there's going to be something at the end of this episode that maybe Rutherford's dreaming or hallucinating or something or something weird. But no, this is the way it is. So Shax is back. I like it because it makes sense. Like if you look at all the other Star Trek's. The, the characters, some of them die, some of them come back to life. So it's such strange stuff. And it makes sense that not everyone would hear the story. And they'd just be like, listen, guys, they're back. Don't ask about it. It was really weird. And so, <laughs> so maybe like Boiler, because he's so into the history of Starfleet, he's just like, yeah, no, dude, this happens all the time. It's fine. And it just, yeah, I'd probably be along that boat if I did enough Star Trek research and Starfleet research. Oh, this just happens. Yeah, because now I'm thinking about it. That's an interesting point. So if you think about the movies, Spock dies, but Spock comes back. But now you don't have a crew of people on the Enterprise going to save Spock. It's just our you know main crew people. We don't have ensigns and so on and so forth really there helping with the Enterprise. So once everybody comes back to the Enterprise and there's Spock, what were they told? Did they go, well, okay, so here's the deal. He put his Katra in McCoy and the, you know, like, did they explain or they just go, don't worry about it. It's <laughs> just complicated. They sent out an email and no one read the email. So they just were like, just forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're getting Shaq's back. He's back for good, I guess. We'll see. I'm down for that. Like, I imagine he's probably just like slowly working his way back into the schedule kind of thing. Like, all right, man, take it easy. <laughs> Well, I like it when he calls Rutherford baby bear because I had forgotten about yes! that. I love, I love their dynamic, especially like the episode when he's flipping around. He's like, oh, maybe I'll leave engineering and go into the medical field or to security. And it's just, they're always so positive. Just like, well, congratulations for making up your mind. It's so positive. <laughs> All I keep thinking is if a character dies again, is the crew just going to be like, oh, well, that person will probably come back. Because look what happened to Shax. I mean, that's how I would deal with it in Starfleet. Just like, okay, well, we'll give him like three episodes and then maybe he'll come back. <laughs> three missions worth of stuff. And then they'll, they'll just suddenly appear. Well, Katie, I have a theory. Ooh. I don't know the all the the nuances, but I think I know who's responsible for bringing Shax back. Who do you think it is? I think it's Tom Paris. Because it goes back to what I said before. Why is Tom Paris there? Really? He's only that there to visit to be a morale booster? Or did Tom Paris, because he knows of timey-wimey things, because Janeway <laughs> does timey-wimey things, and he's the one who brought Shaxx back, and that's why it's not talked about, because it was all like undercover from Tom. I mean, I'd be cool with that. That'd be awesome. I, That's why he's in this episode. It's the two. There's two people in this episode that shouldn't be here, right? Tom Paris does not belong on Lower Decks, and Shax is dead, so he shouldn't be there. So there's got to be a connection. 
I like that thinking because it seems like they, the writers, they make this stuff intentionally and they don't just like put on these characters just for the sake of putting them on. So maybe Temporal Prime Directive, forget about that. Right. Who does he learn from but Janeway, right? Exactly. But, from so. the best. <laughs> I mean, he is the creator of Fairhaven and he is Captain Proton. So, you know, it's very, and maybe, maybe Shaggs is just a hologram. Ooh, could be. Or maybe he's a shapeshifter. Maybe he used to be a salamander and he shapeshifts into shapes. There you go. Hyper evolved. <laughs> so here's what Shax had to tell Rutherford. I wrote this down. Okay. okay. He said to Rutherford that he's sparing him of the dark truths about scientific depravity that would have haunted him for the rest of his days. And that the Black Mountain is a spiritual battleground that your soul goes where you have to fight three faceless apparitions of your father and the surviving father makes you eat your heart. That sounds like some Bajoran magic there. Like Captain Sisko's just standing in the corner like, yes, this is what you have to do. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of an interesting little speech. We never got that before eating their heart. I wonder if that pulls back to some sort of like old Bajoran lore or something could be well it is now right i guess it would be now it's in the canon yeah there's a lot of things in the canon now that are just weird yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) voy voy is canon now Mm -hmm. right it does save time it does voyager now just say voy (laughs) and everyone knows what they mean yeah and maybe we'll see in prodigy we'll see jayway say i was captain of voy who now? That, that would totally mess with the kids on Nickelodeon. That's right. I So, side tangent, if I may. Chakotay being in uh, Prodigy? Oh, yeah. Are you excited about that? I'm excited because I think that they're going to just say screw you to the whole Chakotay 7 of 9 thing and be like, you know what? No, they ended up happy. They have a capuchin monkey as a pet. And this is what they did. That's what I want. <laughs> What's So, okay. I was wondering. Let's go on our little Prodigy side tangent here. <laughs> so, I, I saw that Chakotay's going to be on. I didn't read the article yet. I'm going to, but I mean, if I saw the artwork, right? But they released art. He looks really young. He looks me. really young and he looks really skinny. I'm just like, why is he so scrawny? The Chakotay's built, man. <laughs> he yeah. Boxes. Well, that makes me wonder if these are holograms from an earlier time before Voyager. Maybe. Or before they were on the Voy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'd just be happy if they ended up married and happy. <laughs> Read the novels. Read the novels? Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm not saying that happens, but just read the novels. You'll get something there. Mm. Okay, so one of my favorite parts of this episode is when Tiana gets her little heirloom. But it's broken, and Tendi's apologizing. She doesn't care about that. She just wants the box. I need the box. That's what I needed. And she cries with bulging and stuff. You have a cat, don't you? You have a cat. Just like Radar. And he has this huge thing for boxes. He'll hop in. He'll just like peek over the corner and hop down inside. They got it spot on. My my first cat I had, may she rest in peace. By the way, her name was Leia. As in Princess Leia. But she used to like, you know, the 12 pack cans of soda that you get. Yeah. Okay. They get the, like a long box, skinny box. 
I would open, you know, the top. Once it would get empty, I'd throw it on the floor and she would be on the other side of the room and she would do that thing like she's revving up to run. And yeah, and she'd like tear off and dive into the box and the box would slide across the floor. And she would be in that box like that. (laughs) And then it's got the little handle thing you can pick and I would pick it up with her inside it. Oh my God. Oh, I swear. Cats are just the most fun little things. And I'm about to get a second one. So I'm really excited. Are you going to name it Tiana? I'm naming it Doppler. Oh, so I have Doppler and Radar. Well, we'll call her Dop, but she's actually Radar's sister. Uh, Radar's mom bless her heart. She is a workhorse. She is having another litter after like, I think she's had two litters every year for the past 10 years. And so uh, we're, she always, she's consistent. Two butterscotch, one gray and one tortoise shell. And I'm getting the gray one and it's going to be Doppler. Doppler radar. It's such a perfect combo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. There's another creature in this that we never saw that didn't really exist, but there's a space bee. (laughs) Yes. There are bees. There's there's no bees in space. I'm like, well, yeah, but the bee could have gotten to the shuttlecraft on the planet, right? Exactly. You leave the, the back hatch open too long and who knows? Or there could have been a bee in the, you know, sex post as Tendi Yeah, it could it. have been hiding in the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gross. I, I loved when, when she was just like, okay, I'm going to get you out of this. And just doinks into the shield. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, that great. got me. Oh, and then going back to the whole Rutherford thing, I like it when this uh, Ensign Cody starts questioning <laughs> about sex, and they're like, no, you, immediate reassignment. And then Rutherford's just like, ah, and they're like, what were you going to ask? He's like, uh, how, what do you do? How do you hit a racquetball? What do you use? <laughs> use a racket. A racket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the instant panic of talking to superior officers. I feel that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> And Shax is having flashbacks. Poor too. guy. <laughs> that would have been a traumatizing experience. I just want to know what his flashbacks are. Hey, yeah, true. We have a ton of episodes left in the season. So I think I think Shax and hopefully Tom Paris will come back in a future episode. You know, but I have to say I was a little disappointed that we didn't get anything of Kayshawn from the last yeah. episode he's there we see him on the bridge but he doesn't say anything or do anything have they depuppet him that's my question well yeah because he was on the bridge yeah he, he's he's fully walking around and everything so i guess uh Tiana, dr tiana is pretty good <laughs> well maybe that's what happened to shacks he showed up as a puppet too and she was able to get him back i'm sure way. they'll no. trek no babble their way out of it Tom Paris finds his body, turns him into a puppet, takes him to Dr. Tiana, and t- Dr. Tiana brings Shax back. That's what it is. Might be a stretch, but I could see it. <laughs> that's what that's what us Star Trek nerds do. We just sit here and we come up with these things and we figure it out. And then when the writers don't go that route, then we get mad at them and say they don't know Star Trek. And we turn to the fan fiction. <laughs> that's right. So overall, impressions of this episode. I really enjoyed it. I like the the mix of storylines, so it didn't feel like stale. I think the thirty minute time span for the episode really helps with that too. But just bopping around and having such interesting stories, like all three were pretty good stories. It just made it really enjoyable, and I'm hoping that they keep up with the pace of the season or throughout the season. Yeah, I like this episode. I think that out of the three we got this season, the first one I laughed the most at. 
But yeah. um, this one's probably on par laugh-wise for me as the second episode. I didn't laugh as much as I did in the first one. But I did enjoy the three storylines. I, my favorite storyline is the Mariner Tendy one because I liked seeing them get to know each other a little better and addressing their friendship. And also Dr. Tiana and her box was hilarious to me. <laughs> my second favorite storyline was the Rutherford Shacks one. I thought that was an interesting dynamic of bringing him back in that way and don't question it. It just happens, you know, so I thought that was brilliant. My third favorite storyline was the Boimler Tom Paris one. I love seeing Tom Paris on the episode, but just Boimler crawling through the Jeffrey's tubes, freaking out was not as interesting to me as the others, but I love the ending when he falls through the roof of the bridge and that whole case on thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. We didn't talk about the shuttlecraft crashing into the Cerritos <laughs> to make up the whole, yeah, just a little boink. Okay. <laughs> we hear ramming speed and you're just like, oh gosh, this is going to be bad. And just, nope. <laughs> Mariner's got it all figured out. <laughs> uh, like she's done it before almost. Well, no preview. You know, that's surprising. We don't get previews of the next week. Yeah, I've missed that. I want to be able to know what to hype for. But we'll be here before you know it. So where can people find you online if they want to talk Lower Decks with you? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. All you have to look up is at weather underscore Katie. And I have my YouTube channel, which is so many random fandoms. And uh, yeah, we're doing a weekly podcast on Avatar The Last Airbender. So who knows? We might start doing some Lower deck stuff. Sweet. I love that. Well, I'm here, of course, all the time on Positively Track. Well, now I feel bad saying all the time because Dan's going to listen and go, oh, is that a swipe at me because I'm not on all the time now? (laughs) There'll probably be a time I'm not on. Believe me, when we get out COVID, I'll be traveling too. So, but uh, I also do Star Wars Report occasionally. Katie, you've been on that show with me. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're shutting the show down. What? This is its last year. So yeah, Riley, who runs the show, his life has changing new priorities his career his military career has taken him elsewhere and all that stuff so i think we're at episode like something like 470 something or whatever 480 i don't know but the goal is the last episode will be the 501st episode oh that's awesome that is so cool so we think that's going to be around may of 22 when we hit the last episode so, but I don't know. You never, never say never. It may evolve into something else without Riley yeah. or occasionally with Riley. I don't know. We'll see. But that's what's going on with the Star when Wars. When they announce report. the next trilogy, you never know. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. You just never know. I've seen podcasts. Okay. You know, there's a podcast out there called the Trek Cast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but yeah, they, those guys are in Vegas. They did this show years ago and then it just kind of went away. Mm-hmm. And then it briefly came back for like two episodes. <laughs> And then it went away again for a while. Then it came back. I don't even know if they're still doing it. But like they had new hosts come back. I don't even know if that's still going. But I've seen that happen where podcasts come and go. Yeah, it's just the way I guess it is. But, you know, those podcasters are always out there and you can always reach out and say hi. Yeah. Another podcast that's about Star Trek books is The Captain's Table. And they went off for like a couple years and then they came back. So you never know. 
like Doctor Who. You just take a few years off here and there. You never know. Yeah, but we're not going to do that here on Positively Trek. We're sticking around. And if we go away, we ain't coming back. (laughs) Oh, never say never. That's true. You never say never. Hey, I left literary tracks and now I'm back on there, like on a semi-regular basis. True? So, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. And if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline Rex. So Katie, thank you so much for joining me. I couldn't do this without you. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a blast to talk with you. I always love talking to you. You're just full of energy and you're just like Tendy. Woohoo. Thank you. <laughs> Well, everyone, thanks again for listening. And we want to thank our patrons on Patreon for helping to support the show. We really appreciate it. And I hope you got something out of today's episode of us talking about Lower Decks. And please feel free to reach out to us and let us know what you think of the episode. You can reach us at PositivelyTrek at gmail.com and, of course, through Twitter. And we have the Facebook discussion group that you can join and join in the fun there of all the discussions. So thanks, everyone. And take this day to stay positive. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.